Ladies and gentlemen, pay attention. This is your boy, the coach from the WWE. I would like to welcome you to the very first wrestling podcast in the world to take you on a weekly deep dive in the classic matches along with legends of the squared circle. Enjoy the discussion. Enjoy the back and forth. There's so much to get into. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the payoff. I think I'm cute. I know I'm sexy. All right. (laughs) This is Tom Healing as always. I am joined by my co-host, my co-singer. We do not have second careers as singers, that's for sure. So brutal. But Jeff, let's talk about the reason we're here. The night that Shawn Michaels wrestled a ladder to a five-star match. This is going to be a fucked episode. I'm, I'm excited. All right, let's get into it. How are you doing, buddy? I'm doing great, obviously. I'm, we're both having a good time already. So, so as always, thanks for listening. At PayoffPod on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. At PayoffTom and at PayoffJeff on Twitter. Hit us up. Tell us what you like. Tell us what you don't like. Tell us what matches we need to be covering. Tell us what facts we got wrong. Tell us what you, what we got right. What we got right, yeah, that would be nice too. Tell us if you like us. Um, no, but thanks for continuing to support the show. Uh, tell your friends, share it, like, retweet. That stuff all helps us spread the word about what we're doing here on The Payoff. So we work hard at it, and we appreciate all the love and support uh, and engagement we get. It really does make a difference, we promise you. So... With that, let's uh, jump right into things. Jeff, why did you want to cover WrestleMania 10 ladder match, the Heartbreak Kid Shawn Michaels against Reza Ramon? Yeah, I think this is just like, for me, this is like the top of the mountain in regards to a ladder match. Um, I'll talk a little bit more about it. I've got it in my notes to discuss, but I think overall, like, what this did for ladder matches, kind of the tone it set, just the match itself. I don't, it's hard for me sitting here right now to think of any ladder match that as a whole was better than this one. And so a little teaser there for my score at the end here, but yeah, I think that it's just the top of the mountain. What about you? As you said that, you know what I thought was so ironic that you could argue that the best or your favorite ladder match and Hell in the Cell match is the first one that ever took place. Right. We've seen both of these things done a hundred times now, and arguably the first one was the best, or at least we remember it as the best, or we enjoyed it the best, or whatever it might be. So just because someone jumps higher or takes a bigger bump doesn't necessarily mean it was a better match. So, um, you know, in addition to everything you said, The two big things that stick out to me are this was so revolutionary at the time, number one. Number two is this changed the trajectory of Shawn Michaels' career. And as a major Shawn Michaels fan, I love it. So with that being said, Jeff, let's get to the build. Oh, it's time for the build. Yeah, so I kind of jump right in here of just kind of what we got going on. And um, I'll talk a little bit during the match about like the history of ladder matches and kind of uh, what that is. But um, this feud, it, it really opened uh, drinking our claws. 
the um, it really started. It dated back to the fall of 1933. Um, this, what? Th- this match. Did you say the fall of 1933? 93. Sorry, you I said did. 1933, right? Sorry, we've been drinking. Yeah, <laughs> I said, I said, hold on a second. You're going oh, really boy. far back in the build to this one. <laughs> so back when, when they would when they would wrestle around a campfire. Um, yeah, and so. Um, <laughs> Tom and I are getting loopy here, so here we go. And so, so anyways, yeah, so the, the match itself was March of 1994. The feud, the build, started in March of 1993, not 33. Um, so, so we're going to be here a long time if you're talking about 1933. I hope you're excited for a really, really, really long build. So, um, and so kind of having that, and then what happened was that, um, really what it boiled down to is Jack Tunney, who is, we all know, we don't talk about him a lot here, but we really need to more. You know, that I'm a, I'm a major Jack Tunney fan for those that are uh, you new to the both, show. Yeah. Love so. Jack Tunney. I, let me just dare say the best authority figure of all time. Could have, I, I, at least top two. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Very so. presidential. So he was actually, he decided, you know, powers that be, that he was going to strip Shawn Michaels of his Intercontinental Championship because a lot of different reasons floating around out there, not defending it enough. There were contract disputes, that there were behind the scenes issues, things happening. And so basically, Shawn Michaels was a huge pain in the ass until he found God. Right. And so, and he pretty much (laughs) like, he wouldn't drop the belt, he wouldn't drop the strap, is what a lot of it boiled down to. So. Um, it led to and got to the point where Ramon actually beat Rick Martel um, to get a shot at the championship belt. Um, there was an angle that went along. I remember this. this. Yeah, because it was it, the way they did it was, and, and I may be stepping on your toes here, what you're going to cover, but I remember there being a battle. It was kind of interesting. There was a battle royal on Raw. The final the, two guys the following and week, the next week yep. had the match, which – I remember as a kid, just I'm like, this is really cool because it was just something different. Yep. Like I, even to this day, I just I wish they did stuff like that more often. Just just switch it up just a little bit, just yep. something a bit different. Where you know those two kind of brawled, you know, at the end of it, it was like, oh, I'm really excited. So you got a battle royal, which was interesting. Then the match meant something because it was the final two guys. And that was even the most recent AEW. Like when I went to AEW, that's how it was. It was the battle royal. And then it was Hangman and MJF, and they, they were the final two. And then it wasn't until the next week where then you got the, the shot. And so, um, but uh, for this, like, so you had this match, but of course, uh, during the angle, though, you had Michaels, he refused to acknowledge that there was a title change. And so, throughout this whole thing, it's this thing that he is the one true intercontinental champion. He even carried his own belt. Like he, you know, he was, that's how much he was playing it up when he was doing this is that, you know, he wasn't going to drop that. And so, um, you know, when we get to this match finally between these two guys, that's why it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But for those of you that aren't watching it, there's actually two belts suspended above the ring on this one. Um, and this was the first time that anything like this was done. It was because, there was the title that WWF recognized at the time as the actual title. But then there was also the strap that Michaels was carrying around saying that he was like, that was the one true strap. And so just 
interesting how it kind of played out. So that's how we got both of those. So, Tom, I know you got a little bit more just about the event itself. Yeah, you know, and I forgot how good the build was to this because there was a lot of really interesting stuff happening with Diesel and Shawn Michaels and Razor Ramon. Um, you know, going back a few years, Razor Ramon's vignettes, go back and watch those when they first brought him in. They did a really good job with those. Obviously, he was a heel at the time. But again, you start these guys off as a heel, then they become a baby face, let the fans turn them. And uh, that was really well done. So there was a lot happening. The, you know, Shawn Michaels kind of real life being a pain in the ass and them having to crown the new title. Then him coming back as the unbeaten champion. It was really good stuff. Some of that happened because it was what was happening behind the scenes, but it all worked out to be pretty seamless and interesting as a fan. You know, this was in the the golden days of being a fan where actually I, I got, I got something interesting to tell you too. So, but this was before I was reading the dirt sheets. So you didn't know. All you knew was what was happening on TV. You know, I wasn't reading the dirt sheets, but there also wasn't the internet. So for all I knew, Shawn Michaels got hurt. He came back. He claimed to still be champ, right? So I thought that was really interesting. Now, the other thing, too, that I remember, and as I transition into covering this card, I remember watching this. I was 10 years old at the time. Now, this might be embarrassing. I don't know. But, like, I still thought it was a shoot. But I was starting to get smartened up to the business. Um, and I, I didn't quite know it was a work. But... I remember being like, well, Bret Hart kind of had to have known that he was going to win the title that night. Like, I don't, it was like a weird phase for me. Now, Jeff, as I just said that, I remembered something else that, that was very, very disappointing. Was smartened up the term that I recently used that you didn't know? Maybe. I think it might have been. There was a, a wrestling phrase that I used recently when I texted you and you didn't know what it was and I had to explain it. I was very disappointed with you. Okay. And there's there's times where, and this is just me just shooting from the hip here, and, I, and don't take this the wrong way. There's times where you really impressed me with your knowledge of wrestling. Thank you. And there's times where you've disappointed me. I appreciate that too. I, I, that was one of them where I'm like, how do you not know this? I think the other one too is when we were talking about Booker T. And I think there was something that we were, yeah, and I was like, the, the, the comment was just not connecting with me at all. Yep. I remember. Still love you, but it's just disappointing. We're going to keep doing the show. If you want to fire me, I get it. But no, no, no. I, I appreciate no, it. But so. I, I, I was very disappointed. So, yeah, so so me getting smartened up was right around WrestleMania 10. Right. I still love it. I've probably mentioned this on a previous show. I still love when, like, a guy like Steve Austin once in a while will be like, oh, yeah, I was training in the business for about two years before someone smartened me up. How is it that these guys trained to be pro wrestlers and didn't know it was fucking fake? Yep. I mean, all, like, some of them I just think they're working the fans. I'm like, you, you, there's no way that you really for a year didn't know that this was like wait wrestling's fake crickets <laughs> yeah, i don't know yeah. we're gonna have to edit this out we're and gonna... I, i'll have to explain this to you okay it's real to me damn it so. oh still the best clip on youtube right. ever um all right so wrestlemania 10 march 20th 1994 madison square garden sold out um you know big show for the company at the time I don't know. I, I, I look at this card and I'm like, yeah, I, I don't know. I, you know, fantasy booking 2020, there's probably things I would have done differently. That There's two things that save this show from being a colossal failure. Number one is Bret Hart, Owen Hart, opening match. Absolutely incredible. Um, fantastic, right? 
what they did with Brett later on in the show um, of, you know, you had that that rematch of uh, Yoko and Lex, and then you had the main event of Yoko and Brett, which again was a rematch. So basically, WrestleMania, you got two different rematches in prominent spots. But uh, that was, yeah, it was okay. Um, you know, one of the interesting things about this is Bret Hart, you know, they tried to like coronate him as like the champ and make a big fuss about it, but he had already won the title and he had won it a year before and it was on a house show. And so that whole thing of like him beating Flair in Canada on a house show was just so anticlimactic. It's just hard to imagine in today's day and age that Bret Hart becomes a world champion for the first time in a major upset by beating Ric Flair in a great match. And you're hard pressed to even be able to find it because it was on like a house show uh, or, or a TV taping or something. So I digress. But the point is, is like Bret Hart's coronation would have been a lot better if it came on a WrestleMania, not on a house show. So even though they tried to make a big deal of this, he had already been a world champion before. You kind of smelled it coming. Um, also on this show was that Randy Savage and Crush match, Falls Count Anywhere. <sighs> it sucked. Um, they just... It's it's a it's a topic for another show, Jeff. But you had Randy Savage; he was good on commentary. You still should have used him as a special attraction. He wanted to be a wrestler. He wanted to do a big program with Shawn Michaels. Why Vince wouldn't do that? But you've got fucking Doink the Clown in a prominent spot. You've got Men on the Mission. You've got the Quebecers. You've got Earthquake defeating Adam Bomb. But we can't give. TV time to Randy Savage because of a youth movement. I'll never understand that. So we can talk more about this, but my knocks on this card are, are a lot of it have to do with the fact that I didn't think the booking was great. And I'm sorry, I want The Undertaker. I want Hulk Hogan. I want Randy Savage in a big match. And instead, they really were focused on this youth movement. And there was just a lot of garbage on the show. So um, interestingly enough, Leading into it, the headline of the the um, torch leading into this was, um, you know, all about kind of what this was going to be. Um, you know, what was the, uh, you know, this Hart Luger Yoko thing? How does this compare to the past? Is it going to be a success? But before we we get into the uh, match, Jeff, this is great. Keller would write Shawn Michaels versus Razor Ramon is a toss up. It won't be a classic match for two reasons. The still-limited Razor Ramon is in it, and the latter match stipulation makes the match angle-oriented rather than wrestling-oriented. Look for Diesel to get involved, perhaps leading to a breakup, or at least another stage leading towards the breakup. Prediction, Ramon wins when Diesel's interference backfires. We'll see how that holds up pretty quick here. So, so yeah. we're saying the ladder match stip sucks. We're saying Ramon can't work in the ring, and we're saying it won't be a classic match. Everything about that prediction, including Diesel's interference costing him at the end, is completely wrong. Yeah. Again. Yep. You know, you're making predictions. You're going to be wrong sometimes, so not to beat up on Keller. Just more fun to have a good laugh about. So let's get into the payoff. Uh, for those that want to watch the match with Jeff and I, we're at the hour 57 uh, mark of WrestleMania 10. Again, 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 one hour 57. Ramon is entering the ring. So with that being said, it's time for the payoff. Oh, it's time for the payoff. 
All right, so jump right in here. We've got uh, Razor just getting into the ring right now. Of course, love the look, as uh, as always do. Michaels is already in the ring. Uh, before we get into this match, and while we're still kind of doing the entrances here, I did a little bit of history on the the his, research on the history of ladder matches themselves. Oh, this would be um, good. I thought this was kind of interesting because I like kind of giving that timeline and kind of where it came from and things like that. And so there's see Jeff, this is fun for me too because we don't we don't talk about these before. We both do our independent research and then we do a show. And, and so, so yeah. these these I'm learning and I'm I'm enjoying this as I as I sit here and listen to you. But I have no idea what you're about to share. It's so, exciting. So people at home, yeah, that's one thing. Is like we Tom and I we have some shared notes, but then we also don't we do our own independent research to check each other. And so and of course you know we rely on the internet too and Twitter to kind of help us with some of this stuff too. And so I appreciate that. And so you you guys helped us before on steel cage matches. So please feel free to kind of let us know if you find other any any other information on this one or or kind of what you might have in regards as well, too. Because, so, really two different matches that are pointed to in regards to being the start of ladder matches. So, I, I let me guess before you share. I'm guessing one of them is the Brett Sean house show uh, ladder match where Brett says he invented the ladder match? Uh, close. And so, there was, is one that kind of predates that. So, the first one, so that match was 1983. Oh, well, hang on. Let me, let's go back to the very start. So you have uh, Dan Crawford of Stampede Wrestling, who they were based out of Calgary, Alberta, Canada, um, or British wrestler Kendo Nagasaki. So it was actually 1972 that Stampede Wrestling had the, held the first ever ladder wrestling match between Dan Crawford and Tor Kamada, and, and the the object at the top of the ladder was a wad of money, and so that's all it was. And so, and then it was 1987. Kendo Nagasaki he competed in the Disco Challenge ladder match. This was against Clive Myers on World of Sport. For those of you that remember World of Sport, we've talked about it a little bit here. And this was actually, the aim of this match was to retrieve a gold-colored disco record suspended above the ring, hence the disco challenge. Man, you're digging deep. I never knew this. I went very deep on this one. So, a little bit like you talked Look about. Look at the diesel outfit, by the way, as he uh, just takes down a remote, man. That is like a, like, he's got the vest, he's got the leather pants, the silver and black, the tassels. He's got the, uh, the, the... Uh, sunglasses he's got the uh, arm or the, the hand wrap things oh, that is, i bought those diesel hand wrap things by the way they're it, great yeah this is and this is true diesel too this was not fake diesel as we have discussed on this show before so, so diesel getting booted for interfering already yeah and so one of those and so um and then too my mom always said she went to the same high school as kevin nash but i need to look into that but anyways so um so now in the ladder meant 1983 you had brett hart against Bad News Allen. And so that was uh, another one of these ladder matches. And so that was actually Brett's first ladder match long before... Really? Yep. And so Hart didn't join WWF until the following year. Nash just got kicked out of ringside. So we've got that going. So um, we've got that. But and so he was actually the one that suggested this match type to Vince 
long before this match was ever a thing. And so um, something to be thinking about. And then, of course, like you had the the first ever ladder match in WWF. It was actually Hart defeating Shawn Michaels to retain the Intercontinental title. And it was a house show. And so... Um, it I don't will, even know if there's footage of that the, one, is there? I, Tom, you asked Tom, and I have an answer for you, my friend. Yes. The match was taped, but it never aired on television at first. And it was forever, and so I have it. It was included in the 2007, the ladder match DVD was the first time that it had ever been included in something like that. It's also been on some additional uh, DVDs and Blu-rays since. And so... Um, and the two of them have said in interviews over the years that how much this match was planned along with like that match and then this match that for a long time they had talked about it, but it was never materialized. So um, a lot of interesting facts. Ooh. Ooh, and so that was so, – so, go ahead. Yes, yeah. no, so they have the uh, – that was the classic where they moved the match. So uh, they exposed the cement, didn't use it initially, and then uh, Razor just got dumped out of the ring onto it. He did not land uh, all that, um, you know – comfortably either kind of like hit his like shoulder and head on it a little bit he took the bump hard by the way man those are some of the best hbk tights i love the white with red, red. I, yep. I, the white with red just the classic hearts i um i love ranking Shawn michaels tights and those are some of my favorite um ones now do you know later on in his career when he came back do you know why he wore those bigger baggy pants as opposed to those huh because he had huge ass knee braces on both knees. Uh, I did not know that. He's got That's big why knee he pads wore them. on there. He's got too. knee pads on there, but yeah, he wore because he had knee braces, like not pads, braces on both knees. That's why he had the bigger pants when he uh, lit his second run. So we have the first ladder now coming into the match. Boom! But yeah, then Michael's kicking it back out uh, after like Ramon had placed on the edge. Of and the what, ring and what's so interesting about this too, Jeff is. There was nothing to really go off of. I mean, they probably they had to like lay out all these spots. It's not like you know you and I could go have a ladder match right now, like because we know what spots you could do and what the easy things to do are and stuff. But like these guys had to like create stuff, which I mean makes it all the better. So, and I will say too, and then we'll we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that. Yeah, we have seen Brian Pillman Jr. in person, and while he has a fantastic mullet, Shawn Michaels here is the mullet is just absolutely on point. And so while we love. Brian around here, Ooh. Sean's got him beat. So, um, so we got this. So just some, some kind of different things here and some notes that you and I have here. Um, this was, you know, you and I, this is a very high regard on this match, but was this Ooh. as a whole, where did, would you put this as kind of amongst other ladder matches? Cause I think some ladder matches have better moments. So, so I, 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 I'll stop you right there. Go ahead. Let's talk about that after the match because it's been a while since I watched this. Okay, and fine. I and I and, and here's the here's the key, right? Does this stand the test of time? Yeah, and and I don't know, and I and I've gone back and watched it, but it's been a while, so I want to I want to put that in your notes to talk about after the match. But I think the the question is, does this hold up? Does what they did, you know, in '94? Oh. I mean, that was just a I mean, he just tossed the ladder so, stiff. And my guess too, and I and I think I've read this or heard this. 
this was a much stiffer ladder that they were working with than they have now. The ones now, and I've felt some of that, I mean, they're super flimsy. Like, this thing was, That's I don't know. Steel ladder, I think it's a real ladder. Yeah, I mean, a legit, like, go to the hardware store, buy a ladder type thing. So that last move, too, for those of you not watching along with us, he threw the ladder, like, like horizontally at Razor. And it was literally not, like, the the more, like, the wider part of the ladder, it was the edge side of the ladder that caught Razor clean in the back. And that had to hurt like hell. And so, yeah, so, so this is the first time, too, climbing the ladder. Actually, at a good pace here. A little out of position, though. Michael can't belts. really grab the belt. Yeah. Oh, oh, HBK's pants are down. Forgot about the ass bare exposed. ass. Oh, my gosh. Does the elbow drop with his ass exposed? Forgot all about that. Did not take the time to pull him up. Look at that. And shit. The close-up of the Heartbreak Kid's butt right there in his trunks. Look at that. What do you think of that WrestleMania 10 entrance? Uh, Oh, 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 and so, yeah, so you're referring to the actual setup of the ring right now. I love this. Me too. Uh, It reminds me, too, of, uh, as well, which one, when Cena came back. Well, yeah, it was in the Rumble. Royal Rumble, whatever year it was, yeah. yeah, 2010, maybe, or something. So for those, like, this is, like, it's the short... The entrance, so the the hard cam is actually staring at the entrance this way. And so there's a big X in the back where you can see it. So how good would those seats be, too? Yeah. And so the one, two, this is when they were still doing smaller venues and arenas. Oh, oh, sorry. The splash, the iconic splash from almost the top of the. uh, Yep. And again, you didn't see that stuff back then. So, I mean, you're just sitting there like, wow. That was, it was a really good. Movie. And this was too. So I'm looking at it too. There was 18,000 in the crowd. That's at least what was reported. And yeah, so. Mass Square Garden holds a lot. That's a really cool for those that have never been. It's just, I mean, it's right in the middle of the city. The train drops you off right there. You can it's walk like from anywhere street. to get yeah. there. Yeah. yeah, dude, it is. It is an awesome venue. I used to go for the Big East Basketball Championship. I'm a Pitt fan. Um, I've never been there for wrestling. They've put hundreds of millions of dollars into this building I, i'm excited to at some point see the renovations because they've really done a lot of cool stuff but just an awesome place anytime you can and that was a great spot right there anytime you can go to the garden just i don't care what you're going for get the cheapest Knicks ticket you can find just experience what it's like to go to an event in the garden it's just really really cool so we got Earl Hebner messing with the ladder now. Hebner messing with it. I like the referee being out of the ring. The, I don't know if they always do that or no, not. No, and I, this is interesting. You know what? And like now that it's one of the what, where you trick yourself into thinking the ref is always in the ring. I don't know if they are. Yeah, I don't either. This That's, is like one of those you watch like TV show and like the office did this of whether or not Stanley had a mustache or not. And they never knew if he did or not. Oh, that was stiff as hell. This is the same thing. I don't remember like the ref being in the ring for a lot of these this time. And so, so yeah. you know, it's funny because look, Shawn Michaels can have a good match versus anyone, but I just, he, for whatever reason, he seems to have his best matches with these bigger guys. Yeah. You know, Diesel, Razor Ramon, The Undertaker. I mean, can you imagine him in the ring with like a Brock Lesnar? I mean, just. You know, he just flipping and flopping a little bit and working that style. He's always said he liked it. Because, you know, for a long time, everyone fancy booked him against Daniel Bryan. Yep. And I remember him saying, he's like, there's two reasons I don't like that. One, I don't like the size of him. Like, as far as me and him being a good opponent, he's like, I'd rather be against, like, a Kevin Owens. He goes in number two. 
you know, he's like, I, the, the teacher student story has been told before. There's nothing interesting about it. So, so, um, my, you know, so I wonder like him and styles, I mean, you'd assume it would be a great match, but I also wonder, you know, are there some bigger guys that maybe he'd be better against, you know, would him and drew McIntyre be a better match? I don't know. Just a thought. So Michaels is billed at six, one razors build at six, seven. Well, and so yeah, Razor ain't six seven, right? And so, Razor's probably six four, six four, six five. Yeah, there's a classic right there. Michael's getting thrown into the t- corner with the ladders there, but then doing the spill over the top rope to uh, kind of get dumped out on the outside. And so, so have you ever heard the uh, broomstick quote related to this match? Tell me the broomstick quote. Well, they were just you know, so people were like, yeah, Shawn Michaels had a five-star match with a ladder. He could have been wrestling a broomstick that night. I always laugh about that. Well, this was the... Uh, but Razor was great in this match. That was too the... Uh, whether, you know, I'm sure a lot of fans have not seen You it. can tell, by the way, he's picking up the ladder. The thing's, like, chunky and heavy. It's heavy, Michael's yeah. just taking some great... That's the first too. Make sure to check out the uh, Kenny Omega uh, fighting the little girl would be another classic uh, match, too. <laughs> a little bit more of a gift. I appreciate these guys in the front row, too, that have the uh, WWF sweaters on that coordinated their outfits together. I appreciate that. And they have bow ties on. They do have bow ties. Oh, and fake. Guys taking it, a pol- Polaroid there? He's got... Yeah, wow. The fakest move in wrestling, the... Uh, the what's sling- that called? Slingshot. slingshot. Yeah. Oh, and then uh, and he so, falls back. It, so that was uh, getting slingshot is outside the ring at this point. And so. you'll, you'll hear me say this again, just in terms of like it's standing up to the test of time. Nobody was doing this shit back then. Yeah. Like there weren't like there, there wasn't stuff like this, even I- ignoring the ladder, just like brawling on the outside. I mean, it's basically a false count anywhere kind of extreme match. And so, and this is one of those two, like we talked about, like going back to some of our previous episodes, like, when you had Brian Pillman doing things, you know, that against like Jushin Thunder Liger, where nobody ever boom. I mean, that's a great move right there. Yeah, you did, didn't see that type of stuff anymore, and so I mean, Hebner's um, just not doing shit. <laughs> Hebner's just hanging out. It's interesting, yeah, because you know what is he supposed to do? So that old school referee shirt, because that's kind of what they had back in the day. When I think of like Earl Hebner, or, like WrestleMania three, I think of that that blue shirt that the uh, bow tie. Do you like that better, or do you like the standard like referee black and white? I'm a fan. Of, I'm a fan of the zebra stripes. Me like, too. I I don't even like like the SmackDown refs. Like had those blue polos for yeah, a while. I just like your tr- standard like referee shirt. So you got Razor climbing up for the first time now, but Michael's going up on the turnbuckle and then double wax handle and yeah. the ladder falls on Michael's. Yeah, it was awesome. And so always good stuff. So. Um, so this one too, Tom. You and I have talked about it on a previous episode. Why can't they get the main event right? And so, because this is another one. This was well, not. This was an IC title match, right? And so you've got that. And again, you did no clue of what you were going to get with this match. So I understand that piece of it. But like you know, and again, armchair bookers. You know, that's that's what we do. And so, uh, and we got the classic now climbing up each side of the ladder. That ladder looks bent to shit, too. And yeah. so it well, they, Remember, look. they only had one. I mean, they may have had a backup underneath, but it wasn't like there were 10 ladders around the ring. Like, they would have gotten rid of it at some point. The fans starting to get up on their feet a little bit here, too, which is interesting. So, uh, but yeah, one of those, I'm with you, too. Like, nowadays, you've got multiple size ladders. Like, I, I don't, I do actually wow. kind of. Wow. Wow, what a oh. suplex. Oh, and the twisting ladder. So, R- Razor pretty much took him over the top of the ladder to suplex Michaels with a slam and the ladder just twisted and corkscrewed. 
um, as he came down. Yeah, I can see it's all wobbly and bent like hell now. But I wonder, too, like, maybe this is the way, like, uh, hear me out, Vince. Like, maybe this is the way to book a ladder match. Uh, like, you know, uh, have one ladder. Like, you know, it, it, it's got to be tough to, you know, kind of see what in, happens. In some here. ways, I kind of like it better. Yeah, and that's what I'm wondering is maybe that's the route to go of just have one worked ladder. But to your question, I mean, look, they were building Bret Hart up. They were building this Bret Owen feud that was going to take them through the summer on house shows in the steel cage match at SummerSlam. But, you know, 2020 hindsight, could you have ended the show with this match? Absolutely, you know? Yeah. If you would have built it up as a major attraction. Well, and this too, do you think too... Um, or do you think that the latter match should have been Bret Hart versus Yokozuna? Oh, boy. That would have been, <laughs> been serious hell to see. Um, well, and I wonder too, like, our longer... We, we talk about the main event. We have the last couple weeks now. Like, are the longer shows killing the main event? Well, it depends. You know, I mean, but but in general, yeah. I mean, it, it super kick. Yep. But historically, let me say this, more often than not, has the crowd been burned out for the WrestleMania main event? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, here, let's off the top of my head. Reigns Taker, crowd was blown out. Jericho Triple H at WrestleMania 18, crowd was blown out. Um, Wrestle, um, what's the one with Triple H and Orton, uh, where Triple H would, would lose the title if he was disqualified? That was Taker, um... HBK once that would have been WrestleMania 24, I believe crowd was dead for that main event. So, I mean, if we look, I mean, I, I just named three off the top that I know the crowd was dead for the main event in these longer current WrestleMania main events. Yeah. It's tough to say like it's so many of these and I'm looking at, so, um, the, I've, I've got the statistics here. So the most matches in WrestleMania history, it was actually, well, uh, as of most recent, WrestleMania 4 had 16, and it clocked in at uh, 200, or 214 minutes. But yeah, those they had, remember, that was back in the day when they had so many, like, three- and two-minute matches and stuff, and, like, almost yes. every... That was the one, I remember looking back, there were only two matches over 10 minutes on that show, if I'm not mistaken. And so, All right, so look at this spot right here. So, Michael's on the top rope, standing on the ladder, just awesome. And so I think along with... Incomplete command right now. They So the most recent WrestleMania 34, and this is not this doesn't include 35, so I'd have to look it up, but there's 314 minutes was WrestleMania uh, 34. And so now that's not including the pre-show. So that right there, you're at five, well, pretty much five and a half hours. They're going to be burned out at some point. Some yeah. of it's luck. Some of it's timing. Some of it's the, the the weather and stuff like that. I mean, there's a lot of factors that go into these. But, yeah, I mean, the chances of a crowd being hot for a six-hour show is impossible. So are we, it's what are they going to be down for? Are you and I, as we've said before, we will be in Tampa. Are we expecting some rain? for? Uh, we're going we to get a matches in the rain this year, do you think? Well, it's, it's eight weeks away. So, you know, let me pull out my farmer's almanac and tell you. I, right. I, I don't know if we're going to get rain. Well, I think it would be fun if we did. So, I think it'd be, it would make for interesting. Yeah, absolutely. I would pack my pocket poncho. Bring your um, uh, Hulkamania poncho with yeah, you. That's right. Oh, boom. Takes the crotch thing. Now he's tying himself in the ropes because he's going to get stuck. Boom. So now Sean's stuck. And so that was so it. I, I will say this. You know I love this match. You know I love Shawn Michaels. The crowd isn't as into it as you would have thought. You notice that? They're very... Kind of, it's a New York crowd. It's a ladder match. Like, 
I mean, they're starting to stand up now, but you would have just thought, like... Yeah, it, the real struggle here. Michael's still trying to fight. He's wrapped tight. You don't, and you don't see this a whole lot either, where they're tied up in the ropes. Yeah, they haven't much. done that. Uh, Michael's gets tied up again. Boom. So they went crazy for the finish. They actually went, I mean, they're actually cheering. Undisputed because he wins both belts. He wins both belts. Vince on commentary. I love some Vince McMahon on commentary. Boom. So there you go. So Razor wins. The crowd's going pretty crazy at the end. But, man, I, I just – during it, like, I don't know if they just didn't know how to react because they hadn't seen anything like that. But that would be a knock in the match if, uh, you know, for when we do our payoff score later. So let's – um. Match is over. Let's transition into some of the aftermath, and we'll uh, continue the conversation. So let's jump into the aftermath. Oh, it's time for the aftermath. All right, so the aftermath of this match, Jeff, um, I, I don't know, a couple questions for you. Do you think the latter match just in present-day wrestling has been overdone? You and I started talking about it, I think, Watching, uh, you know, this match now, Razors at the top. We're, we're kind of still watching it in the background. Razors at the top of the ladder holding the belt. Yeah, I almost wonder, like, because you know, too, like, they're setting, like, ladders up somewhere. Like, you're like, oh, well, that's going to be for a spot later. Like, I hate that of, like, you got the ladder from, like, the side of the ring to somewhere. And it's just, like, you know it's going to be for a spot later. Same with, like, tables. Like, you just don't know what's going to – you know something's going to happen, but it's so choreographed at that point, like what is exactly – So that's that's one of the things about this match. You bring up a really good point. That's one of the things about this match. This was not this was not a coordinated spot fest. Yep. It was just, hey, these are two guys that don't like each other, and they're going to beat the shit out of each other with a ladder. So there was nothing in there that felt – fake choreographed spotty it was just we're having a brawl there happens to be a ladder involved and you got to climb to the top the other thing i missed jeff i missed this the ic title being hey we've got some younger up-and-coming non-world champions that are gonna have a great wrestling match and this title is gonna mean something now we just kind of throw titles on guys like now you'll see aj styles with a u.s title and i'm like well, wait a second the guy's a world champion he's a world champion level um don't like that another interesting thing i came across in my research you ready for this there was speculation. I didn't remember this, and I don't know if there's any truth to it, but there was speculation that this was Shawn Michaels' last match and that he had given his notice or was talking about giving his notice, and um, they had already speculated he was going to WCW, and they were saying, can you imagine a Ric Flair-Shawn Michaels feud? Remember, this was before Hogan even went to WCW. So really interesting to see what would have happened and what they would have done with Shawn Michaels. I'm assuming Heartbreak Kid was owned by Vince and would have never been able to be used, but I'm not sure of that. Um, just a couple other notes on WrestleMania 10. I know that they were trying to push younger guys, but like I said, Savage was not used properly. Hogan, nowhere to be found. Taker, nowhere to be found. Um, Brett had already won the title, so I thought him winning again was very anticlimactic. And I, Jeff... I'm just not a major Bret Hart fan, never was. And so it's like, ugh, him being your guy, whatever. 
But then I'd argue, who are you going to give the world title to on this roster at this time? Yeah, and that's the thing. And I have been a Brett fan. And so, um, I, yeah, I, I'm with you on that one. If it's you got to look at what you have. And it's not like nowadays where, you know, how many, you know, how many different people could actually be the champion. Um, there's a lot. Yeah, you figure there could be at least a, a 10 people that you could like actually see holding one of the many belts that they have. But like you said, it, there is a lot. Uh, you and I play this game every once in a while. Like even sitting here today, I don't know who has the U.S. title or the Intercontinental title. And that's not right. And so like because there's zero focus on it. And then you've got but then you've also got like people like, you know, Brock and Bray, which like you and I have argued before, don't need those belts. And so they could still be an attraction, a draw and a commodity without having those things. Like, you know, they put the, the fiend got the belt so quick, but you and I both were like, why? Like, it's just, it's so, you know, you could do other things with belts. You could do these same stories and he doesn't need it. Cause you're going to only diminish him when he eventually loses it. So, just very random, but I, something I wanted to discuss. Where, when you were a kid, you remember where you watched pay per views? How did you watch them? We never. We, it was very, very rare for us to buy them. I was. It was a tape trading thing um, that we would get. I, I was someone. I think my dad knew someone at work that uh, like recorded them. And you never knew the spoilers, obviously, right? And you never knew what was happening. And so I would get. I know. I still probably have two or three tapes of some different shows. Um, it probably wasn't until high school that we really started talking about buying uh, pay-per-views. I remember there was probably about seven or eight of us that actually came over um, and watched. Uh, it was uh, the um, uh, Goldberg losing at the end of his streak. And so I remember us all sitting around watching that one. And so uh, that paper was done by 11 o'clock, I remember. So... Um, yeah, just interesting, but uh, that was how, like, it was rare. And even then, I think there was maybe a couple WrestleManias I would buy over the years, but for the most part, like, yeah, it was still, you know, it, it was 60 bucks. Like, it, it was, you know, not a ton of money, but it was a lot of money to have to do. Yeah, so I was fortunate. My uncle had a uh, scrambler box, so that's how I'd watch all these Um and then I remember in high school, you know, my one buddy's uh, parents would always buy them. And I, at the time, I was like, that's very generous of them. And then I look back and I'm like, well, yeah, at least they could keep an eye on us. You know, it's like if they ordered re- – if, if the worst thing we were doing was uh, eating pizza and watching wrestling, then, uh, you know, you had nothing to worry about. So I guess as a parent, yeah, I'd be like, yeah, I'll, I'll pay 30 bucks to, like, actually know where you are and what you're doing and know that you guys are just fucking nerds watching really, wrestling. We were, we, my parents were not the ones that let us drink in the house. And so we had other places we would go to do that. But, um, yeah. Oh, and I – yeah, so just interesting stuff here. So, so – I what, yeah. Go ahead. What are the thoughts? No, no, you no. I, I got no other thoughts. Um, we covered a lot of really good stuff. So talk through storyline, what happened after this, and then I want to get into how it was received and how we think it's held up by uh, the test of time. Yeah. And so kind of after this one, it was actually um, Michaels and Diesel actually captured the uh, the tag championship from the Head Shrinkers. This was uh, I like the Head Shrinkers. They were a fun tag team. They were good. Uh, can't forget about them, of course. Uh, and then it was actually the um, the next day after this. It was SummerSlam. He thought he had been in possession of the Intercontinental Title, but lost it um, to um, uh, yeah. It was to Razor 
uh, when Michael super kicked Diesel on accident. So um, just kind of interesting how that played out. And so that actually led to a storyline split between um, Diesel and Michael. So um, that's how that kind of played out. Michaels, of course, went on. He won the Royal Rumble, and then he actually uh, got his uh, big match. It was WrestleMania 11 against Diesel. Um, and so just kind of he, he had the world heavyweight title at that time. And so um, a lot of things happening there. Of course, Razor, he just continued to have his feud. Uh, a lot of things happening, losing his belt, things like that. And so um, just kind of interesting how it played out. And, of course, um, a lot of these storylines and, and kind of what happened here, uh, there was some Survivor Series as well, too, where um, you had it was the one, two, three kid, Davy Boy Smith, the head shrinkers. They felt, faced Shawn Michaels, Diesel, Owen Hart, Jim Neidhart, and Jeff Jarrett. And so it's actually interesting um, that Ramon, he was the sole survivor of that Survivor Series match. He had it went into some feuds as well, too. And so um, just kind of interesting how this played out. You know, just this was kind of typical story at the time. The ladder match itself wasn't um, pushed as like a big thing. I'll say, though, like, Tom, going back to my initial question before we get into our score here, maybe this is a good, maybe a good transition here of, um, well, we'll talk about the reviews and then we'll get into that. But, like, was this the best ladder match, like, you know, overall, like, looking at, like, wrestling or, like, ladder match moments? Like, where would you rank it? Like, what are your thoughts just overall after we've sat here and watched it? So a couple things. What really sticks out to me is it wasn't a spot fast choreographed bullshit like so much stuff that we see now. So it wasn't like, oh, I mean, they didn't set up any spots. Nothing was set up. That's the biggest thing. It wasn't like I'm setting this up to use it later or I'm stacking things. It was like we're going to have a street fight. It just so happens that two belts are hanging for here and we need this ladder to climb up. I love that presentation of it. Does it hold up the test of time? Absolutely. It's not one of these things you look back and you're like, man, I can't believe we thought that was good. They could do this match on Raw right now and you'd be like, shit, that's a really good ladder match. Does it get some bonus points for the fact that it was so innovative? It was the first major one. None of this had been done before? Absolutely. Um, but I really liked it. It definitely held up the test of time. Um, I like how it was presented. I think some of these guys should go back and watch it and do more of that and less of the choreograph. Yeah, absolutely. And so I'll kind of, before we get into our scores, I'll, I'll talk through, and I agree. I remember a lot of uh, like ladder match moments, um, like, but overall the match. But some of the iconic moments, like the splash off of it, wasn't that it was great, great of a splash, but that picture is iconic of like the splash off there. And I think of that one, of course, the spear as well, too. Well, like, yeah. yeah, you can't forget about that. But like, you know, and that match was actually fairly good. Um, but then I always like, my, one of my more recent favorite was actually, uh, was it um, Kalisto doing the Salida del Sol over the top of the ladder, which was really cool. But that match itself wasn't great, but. Like, that moment was cool. So, um, get into some of the reviews and kind of what's written here because I'm, I'm sure very curious we will about have this. some thoughts. So, um, just an overall kind of kind of let you, everyone understand what this match meant for wrestling at the time. <clears throat> it said, Much of the praise towards the event was aimed at the ladder match between Shawn Michaels and Razor Ramon. Um, Mick knew of... Well, I'll, and I'll even, before you get into that, I'll even say that the following, the, the Torch's... Um, first uh issue after this that was the headline yes was michael stole the show picture of him with the ladder i mean that was like the biggest story of this 
Um, yeah. So you've got 411 Mania cited the match as, quote, downright groundbreaking for the time and an amazing match that put the latter match on the map. It was one of the few matches in North America to receive a five-star rating from Dave Meltzer and also be voted Match of the Year 1994 by readers of his Observer newsletter. Uh, Pro Wrestling Illustrated PWI readers also named the match PWI Match of the Year for 1994, and it was number three... Uh, this is just for on IGN's top 20 matches in WrestleMania history and described as one of the most groundbreaking matches in wrestling history. So the PW Torch uh, gave this one five stars. It said overall a solid conclusion to WrestleMania in regards to the Brett Yokozuna match, but it felt victim to having to follow the latter match, which few matches could do successfully, <laughs> which yes, absolutely. And so, um, that was from the PW Torch, the Wrestling Observer Newsletter. Again, it was their best match of the night by a landslide. Um, and kind of some interesting writings here. Shawn Michaels put on one of the greatest individual performances in the history of the business at WrestleMania 10 in New York in New York's Madison Square Garden to highlight what the consensus is the best pay-per-view show in WWF history. Michaels is Michaels in one of his last shows with the company before going on what is planned to be a several month long sabbatical put on a performance that just left about everyone in wrestling in awe in his ladder match loss to Razor Ramon. The match, probably the best match ever on a WWF pay-per-view show somehow overshadowed one of the greatest matches in WWF history between (laughs) Bret Hart and Owen Hart that opened the show and the WWF title change with Bret's later regaining of the WWF title from Yokozuna in an average match in the evening's finale. And then he said, and this is interesting because remember, this was at the time when this match happened. So it was a five star, as we said. But if you haven't seen this match, make sure you do, as it'll be remembered for many, many years. And this is the part I enjoy. Watch how ladder matches now become the hottest gimmick on the indie scene. And so... Just funny how it played out. Like, yes, not just the indie scene, but we know what ladder matches have since become. Um, Just really great stuff here. I think that piece of it, while the prediction on the front end didn't look great, obviously the prediction on the back end here and ladder matches taking off, if anything, they undersold it because it only became bigger now of what it had. So a couple five stars here, Tom. Some really great write-ups. Thoughts on that and your payoff score. Let's do it. So, you know, the one thing that stick. I mean, look, it was a really good match. The one thing that sticks out to me, though, and what I think prevents it from being like a 10 for me is the crowd liked it, but they weren't like going crazy. I mean, if we had like a crazy crowd, like think about when we covered the, uh, you know, match last week with. Hogan and uh, Rock, that crowd added so much to it. So as I go back and watch it, I mean, that's that's one thing that sticks out to me. Again, I, I talked about all the things I loved about this match already, but then I think, gosh, it, it didn't have the crowd reaction I would have wanted. So I'm giving this one an eight and a half. Okay. The pros being, it was a great match. It was innovative. It stole the show. Instead of Shawn Michaels leaving for WCW, he ends up going on to be one of the biggest stars in the history of the company. And I can't imagine what would have happened if he had ended up in WCW where he wouldn't have been used right nor appreciated or tried as hard to be such a great in-ring talent. So 
because of this match, we get the ladder match. We get this more fun style of matches. We got, you know, everything that was to come. Um, Shawn Michaels stays and becomes a mega star. You know, it really did change the business. So, you know, factoring that in, you know, again, I, I don't think the build was incredible. I don't think the aftermath was incredible. I don't think the crowd was incredible. So those are what, what hurt the match for me. But again, overall, eight and a half for everything it did for the business, for being a great match, for holding up the test of time. Really, really enjoyed this. It was fun to go back and watch it. Jeff, what about you? So you and I, you and I don't discuss this at a time. We make a very big point of that. That's what leads to you and I having some of these better conversations with this. I think while you kind of, you know, not a fan of the crowd and okay, that kind of and the finish, and I'll and say that finish, too. I just yeah. the finish, like it was just it didn't have that like holy shit and people are going nuts and Razor Ramon wins and I can't believe like if you would have changed the finish, they were both brawling up there and one guy got thrown off or something. So, all right, right. I'm done. But that's, that's another so, thing too. So I had one score and then after we've kind of like, well, I watched it twice now, like recently. And so sitting here, I, I think that I'm glad I did because now that I've had like a second viewing and I'm able to kind of remove what I've seen versus kind of like, you know, just kind of what happened. I'm not going to ding it for the crowd. I'm not going to ding it for the aftermath. Uh, I believe this will, I think this is the second time ever, double digits, we're going with a 10. What? So. Really? He, here's why. And so, I, if it, those are the, it was the um, TM Magnum match, which was my other one. I think this one, looking at, and at first I was like, man, there wasn't a ton of even real moves in this match. It was very hard hitting, though, but I don't think it was needed. And I think it was at least like the first time I watched it, I underappreciated exactly what they were doing, though, because like we said, nothing like this had been done. And so I think to have them bring the ladder match and what it, the ladder match is now, while the match itself and maybe I think I, I got to the point where I think I was looking for things that I knew couldn't happen. There wasn't going to be some some of these giant spots. There wasn't going to be things, but they did a lot. There was a lot happening with the ladder. It was a great match. It holds up like more than a lot of the matches that we watch. And I think that it's further reaching kind of implications for just what it was. I yeah, without it, how's it changed things? What right. moments did we lose in the business because of it? Right, exactly. And so because of that, I have to score this one as high as I do. Because, And I'm sure I will catch shit for that online. I'm perfectly fine with that. Feel free to throw it in my face. Um, but I, I'm going to stand by that because I think that just what it was and what it accomplished, even if you remove the crowd, that it, it still holds up now even, you know, we're – 16 years later, 17 years later. So, yeah. 10. 10 you, feel free. You want to give me shit too? Go ahead. I like, don't, but I just, I, I'm I surprised thought, you I, actually thought I, as low as you I were. Thought I, I thought I made a case for what prevented it from being a 10. Clearly I wasn't convincing enough, but this, Hey, I, 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 if nothing else, you, you know, are not allowing others to influence your decision. That's not, what I think is important. I think so much in wrestling, we get like group think. think yep. And I hate it's it on Twitter. It's yep. like, 
Oh, WrestleMania, like, you know, you sit there, you watch WrestleMania, you're entertained, you spent $9.99 for the month on the network, you're happy with it, you know, you like some of the other stuff, and then Dave Meltzer says it was shitty WrestleMania, oh yeah, it sucked, and then you, like, like, I, I don't think a lot of what we read on the internet about people's reception to shows is how they actually felt. I think it's groupthink of, oh, it sucks, so I'm gonna jump in and say it sucked too. Like, no one wants to say certain things, you know, it's like, Oh, Lesnar being a part-timer sucks. Well, I happen to enjoy it. Why is it, you know, it's just so interesting, right? That like we say these things and we feel like we have to. Oh, well, if I read the if I read the observer, then I have to agree with what Meltzer says. I can't possibly say that, you know, his interpretation of something is incorrect. You know, or like it's okay to like go to an AEW show and like dig the product, but be like, yeah, I think that, you know, the uh young bucks are choreographed spot monkeys. Like, both things can be true, you know? And it's okay. It's okay. Yeah, absolutely. So All right. Final anything thoughts? else? Yeah, final thoughts. You got anything? Um, no. So. Me neither. All right. Good stuff. Is that it? Great match. I think so. Of course, like, um, this is a good one for us. This was a lot of fun. Enjoyed it uh, to its fullest. And so definitely go back and watch this one. Even if you didn't watch it with us, you definitely want to go back and watch it. So, um, of course, you know, you're subscribed to the show, but share the words uh, with your friends. Make sure they're getting subscribed to give us those good reviews. Of course, at payoff pod, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, you know where to find us. We're out there. And so, um, Tom, like anything good, uh, let's send it, let's send it home uh, on a high note. This is a 10, 10 point finish. No, I, you know, not, not a high note, but I, I really just wanted to thank our fans. Um, really, they've been so instrumental on helping us on our ladder to success. There it is. He's thank you for joining us on the payoff. <laughs> <laughs>